from the Stand Up Talk Radio Network. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you have a way harder time getting through life than the average person, Ari. I, I don't know why anybody would listen to this. I know I won't. Ari, your advice single-handedly broke up my marriage. You're an awful person. You're 24 years old. Why would I listen to you? Why would you be giving therapy and advice to people who clearly need it? It doesn't make any sense, Ari. This is a horrible idea. You're listening to You're listening to Unlicensed. 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 Unlicensed therapy with Ari Mendes. Ari Mendes. For a while, SoundCloud was just a regular platform to upload music mostly. Right. And when they got into podcasting, Somehow they had heard of me and they said, hey, would you be willing to switch your podcast over to SoundCloud? If you do, we'll feature it. So anytime someone registers a SoundCloud account and checks that they like comedy, they'll automatically be subscribed to your SoundCloud account. So I'm Unbelievable. Like, I'm like, all right, I'll switch over. Holy shit. So I got free hosting from them and then switched over. Now it turns out I think they're losing millions and millions of dollars and might be going out of business. I'm not sure. Sure. But, but still cool. Still cool. Yeah. Still very, very cool. Actually, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll I'll ride them till they die. Yeah, as you should, mm-hmm. as you should. Uh, yeah, no, I love stuff like that. Like when um, Meltdown Comics on Sunset was mm-hmm. going out of business, I uh, I walked in and they had uh, nine buildings, like miniature buildings for sale that were like between three and five feet tall. Uh-huh. And the guy who who owned all the buildings was like, "Yeah, no, 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 we're sell we're selling these buildings, and they're thousand dollars for the nine buildings." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll give you uh seventy dollars <laughs> because they're fucking." Yeah, you knew. I was like, "You're They'll not take anything. No like, one's gonna buy those." I was like, "No one wants these." And he was like, hundred bucks. They're yours." And I was like, "Great!" And I fucking took the the buildings put them in storage uh through you just this storage knew you wanted them yeah like yeah. i knew i wanted them and so i got this storage company who i can't i can't say the name of the storage company but i i had them come pick it up and put it into a storage unit for mm-hmm. me like one of these like delivery storage right. places and they put it into storage and when they delivered it finally to my place they had broken like half the buildings so then they the storage company had to pay me like over a thousand dollars in material costs of breaking my shit. So let me ask you this. So I was like, yeah. this is the greatest. This, if I could just repeat this scam repeatedly, right? You'd be rich. I would be rich. <laughs> Who else wants to sell me cheap fake buildings that I can then? That's what I was gonna ask. Raise you. the cost on. I was gonna ask you. In retrospect, <laughs> do you wish that they didn't break the buildings and you had those buildings or are you like, yeah, I'll take the thousand bucks? No, I mean, I still I rebuilt the buildings myself. Oh, you did. OK. Yeah. Like I took them home. So you got and best I, of both worlds. I, got, I still have the buildings. My girlfriend, by the way, hates the buildings. Yeah. What do you do with the buildings? Are I, they wanted, decor? Well, I wanted to do what you, what you did and have like build like a little set behind my couch uh-huh. of like buildings, like late night, like a late night got set. It. OK. That made of made of buildings. And she thoroughly does not like that idea like <laughs> thoroughly hates it uh but i haven't i, I yeah, haven't given up your rules well yeah yeah not really <laughs> no. no never <laughs> no 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 we live together so she'll she gets all the final words on most things damn you know? you're whipped dude oh yeah how yeah. long have you guys been going out for seven years seven years oh yeah long that's time. a long time we knew each other for four pre previous so now you've known each other for 11 years been going out for seven. Oh yeah so Long you're, time. but you're not married. Not married. Do yet. you believe in marriage? Yeah. How come you're not married? Ah, uh, I don't know. She, you know, most of the time people like I wanted to get, uh, you know, I don't know. I got a lot of friends that got married mm-hmm. and, uh, when they, they couldn't afford it. And, uh, and you just watch them fucking. Uh, you know have a wedding and none of it it's so expensive and they don't know how to pay for shit and they, they're like relying on family members and stuff to to spring for stuff or they're having their wedding in like the basement of their uncle's house or something like this like i just don't want to do that like i but I, you're rich 
I'm not. I, I'm, I'm rich. You have a thousand dollars worth of building <laughs> Thousand dollars worth of buildings in my house. I should be able to just use that. Yeah. For um, that's a fam. Uh, that's family money right that, there. That is that's a man. college. Fund. That's an entire town <laughs> full of money. So yeah, I just haven't. We we just haven't done it yet because I just don't want to. Like I feel the same way about kids. Like a lot of people have kids and they go, Oh, you're, you're never going to be ready for kids. You know, you need, that's why you got to have kids. You're like, yeah, but I'm definitely not ready now. Definitely not ready. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're right. I'll never be ready. But right now I'm 100% not ready. Like I keep spending my money on action figures. Like I know that that's not what you're supposed, you're supposed to (laughs) say. Hey, your kids will like those. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They won't be allowed to touch them. You're preparing. This is a (laughs) pre-production for the kids. Yeah, this is pre-production for kids. Yeah, you're collecting the toys. Yeah, Yeah. I'm collecting all the stuff, all the kids Mm -hmm. stuff. Then they're going to show up. I tell girls right away, like usually as soon as we're cuddling in my bed, just so you know if you get pregnant, I will take you to the abortion clinic. Really? You say that right away? I say that right away. (laughs) I do not want a kid at all. And usually they're in agreement. And if they're like, no, I'm going to have the kid if I get pregnant, then I take my chances and still continue the relationship. Yeah, of course. Because... I'm weak. Well, you're a man. You're a man. You gotta, you gotta, you know, get it when you get it. I'll worry about it later. Yeah, worry about the baby. Okay, well, I won't be happy with it and I'll be very persistent on you getting it aborted. Yeah, I want you to get an abortion after the baby's already born. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of financial abortion? No, what's that? Financial abortion. It's not, it doesn't exist. It's not a thing, but people, it's an idea. It's a, what's the word? I don't know, but it's a thing that people propose. Okay. And it's when, let's say you were to get your girlfriend pregnant right now. Right. And you said, hey, I do not want this baby at all. I'm not ready for it. I don't want it. I would like you to get it aborted. And she goes, well, it's my choice. I'm the woman. You go, that's true. And she goes, I'm keeping it. Then because you didn't want it and ahead of time you didn't want it and she could have gotten aborted but didn't, you are not held financially responsible or responsible at all as a father and you have no care in the world for the child. You don't have to take care of it. You don't have to pay for it at all. Oh, so that's not, this is not a thing that exists yet, but it we doesn't like exist. It to this exist. is something that, you know, you're cooking up. You're what do you think? I, think, <laughs> I think obviously it's controversial. Not everyone's going to agree with I it. I think it's a pretty great idea. I think if you can get out of it, you know, if you don't want to be a parent, you shouldn't have to be a parent. Right. And you t- you gave her warning. You said, listen, listen, this is your choice. Yeah. But if you have the baby, you're on your own. Right. It's not like she has the baby and you go, actually, I don't want it. Right. You're saying it right when she gets pregnant. If she catches early enough, you're going, listen, I don't want this baby. I don't want this baby. I will pay for the abortion. I will do whatever it takes, but I don't want it. If you have it, you're on your own. Sure. That's kind of fair. I think that's done or uh, uh, pretty frequently. I'm pretty sure. Maybe off the books, but according to the United States government, you're responsible for that baby if you have that baby, if it's your Sorry, fellas. Sorry. It's not, we're not there yet, but we're trying. I don't think to be in today's, in this current climate, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Financial abortion. Probably not. But maybe if enough people listen to this podcast. Yeah, they and might. Share it on their walls. <laughs> yeah. I will never work in, in <laughs> Los Angeles. Is what would happen. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. So, yeah, that's financial abortion. I don't know you that well. Um, we know each other from around. Yeah, yeah. I see you we're, around. We're we say people, hello. We're polite. We're polite people with each other, but we don't know yeah. each other very well. Like, I walked into your apartment today and I was like completely. Beside myself, I couldn't believe it. You have a stage in oh, your yeah. living room and a and a movie screen. Ari's apartment show, Ultimate Netflix and Chill. You got skateboards on your walls. Got skateboards you on got big, guitars on your walls. Big border. You, I like. You music. got snakes. I was like, I guess, this is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I'm trying to create this. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a man cave, but I keep it clean and organized. And I you just, just need wanna... a wall of swords. No. <laughs> I would love that. I have a I have a whole collection of swords. I have nine swords. Do you just like them? Yeah, I just like and swords. These are real swords. They're real swords. Um, these are, are these from movies? Are these some from of them Chinatown? are from movies? No, no, no. They're very cool. Uh, Do you mostly get them online? Uh, no, they. Do you go to swords conventions? I I sometimes will buy one if I go to a convention. Like I'll go to like a comic con. I'll buy one there. But I have like uh I I have like the sword from the movie 
heavy metal, the animated movie, like this giant. Okay. So it's like a replica. Of it looks it. like a replica of that sword. It's no. enormous. So I have like the, these are the obviously from just for show. I assume you don't you you don't wield these swords. And, I've only and go wielded to sword one sword. I've only uh, and that is a, a man broke into my car. And uh, and and after he broke into my car, I was so a lot worried. of people keep baseball bats in their car, not Steven. No, I keep a, I keep a crossbow and a sword in my <laughs> in my trunk at all times. I I started walking my dogs at night with a samurai sword on my hip, like. But you still do this to this day? No, I stopped. Okay. I stopped. But for like a good month after I got broken into, I was like, I'm gonna fucking you I'm gonna stab fucking someone. Stab I'm gonna someone. be the next Power Ranger. Guy. I am, and yeah. people are gonna be like, Oh my god, did you hear Steven Clickman? And killed the guy with a samurai sword. So these swords on your wall mm-hmm. are these. I mean, obviously they're mostly for show, right? But are these really? I watch a lot of sword making YouTube videos of mm-hmm. these guys making these amazing looking swords. Yeah, but I've owned swords, samurai swords from Chinatown in the past that were very cheap, and I would hit something, and they basically that's the end of the use of the sword. Sure. Are these high quality swords that could get used? Or are these? Strictly, I'm, I'm not gonna. Looks. I'm not gonna pretend like they're all great swords. Some of them are bullshit swords. Yeah, some of them are. You can I mean, just you call can still this kill e- someone with it. You though. can call this episode bullshit swords. But even with a bullshit sword, if it's made of metal, you could kill someone with it. Absolutely, still of course weapon. you could. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it just I, it would be a one-time kill weapon. They're like costume swords. Most of them yeah. are cost, and then I've got a couple that are like legitimate, like handcrafted and mm-hmm. well, well-made, cool. Do swords. you think these swords will go up in value? Or they're just for you and they're down in value and they're not worth anything. I don't know if they're really worth anything for the most part. Maybe one or two is worth something, but they're they're like ones that I just I just started. You know what happened? This is going to sound really this is a a weird uh, way to take things. But uh, uh, my uh, my father is like a real piece of shit like bad guy and Do you get when, along not at all okay, okay yeah no so this is why you're a comedian this is why i'm a comedian yeah and when he uh when he moved away from california he left his entire apartment and like told me to like clean out his fucking apartment for him this is like many many years ago like he, six it wasn't years like him hey, leaving you all the stuff in my apartment it was like hey no, clean it up because you're my clean, son yeah do he's the like work. clean it up put it yeah. into storage do whatever like i don't want any of this stuff Got you can it. just come get it or whatever so I went to his place and I I took a bunch of his shit and I I I uh and most of it was garbage but the stuff that was like worth anything I put up on Craigslist mm-hmm. and I said uh in the barter section <laughs> and I was like will trade for swords <laughs> I'm no, no joke yeah, and uh, and like audio equipment like stuff that but like, yeah, things uh, that you wanted really outdated bullshit stuff uh-huh. but like it was like old outdated audio equipment that no one would want and except so, for those weird audio some, some, files yeah, weird audio file 70s, guy. Yeah, yeah exactly and so I put it up there and, and said will trade for swords or man cave stuff and um guys would uh, come by my place and be like i'll take this you know the speaker and here's you know 200 comic books or uh here's um superpowers you know 1984 action figures you know so it worked like, out so it worked out great so i ended up with like all this stuff and one of the guys was like i have a lot of swords can i come and trade you for swords and he showed up and he gave me like nine swords and that started the sword collection and now wow. i have like a massive so your dad's not all bad no he's pretty bad (laughs) but but he has he had pretty good taste and stuff what's the worst thing about your dad um he's just a real bad guy what's what's like the if you were just you know confessing you're you're in bed with your girlfriend sure and you're getting you know real 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 with her sure and you're like my dad did this what's the one thing well here like i just found out recently that he had been cheating on my mom for three years prior to them getting a divorce and lied about it for the for the whole because he didn't want to hurt her because he's a good guy right If he was a bad guy, he'd be like, yeah, I've been cheating on you for three years. Right, sure. Totally. I mean, totally. I mean, obviously, he's not, he might not be a good, a good guy, but you know right. what? I will say this. If, if I'm in a relationship. Right. And a girl's cheating on me. Right. I would rather her just break up with me and not tell me she was cheating on me. I don't need to know. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Why? What good is? What is? What good am I gonna? What am I gonna gain from knowing that a girl was cheating on me? Well, because then you don't have to sit around going, "Oh man, what did I do? What was that girl?" Then she that could girl. say, "She could say, hey, this just you weren't the one for me. I don't love. I don't. I don't. I'm not in love with you anymore. Whatever. Whatever her reasoning is. Whatever her reason was for cheating on me. Right. Say that, but don't say you were cheating on me." Yeah, yeah. They're both. Both are bad. Both, both are, are not bad. great. Both, both are, are not great. <laughs> Have you ever cheated on a lady? I did once, very long time ago. Uh, when you got caught, did you say, "Well, my dad did it to my mom, and that's why I did. I'm repeating"? <laughs> it's it's was ingrained in me. It's not my fault. No, God, no. that's so fucking great though. I was dating a girl, and she was. We were living in New York City, and I moved back to San Diego to, for like the summer. Are you from San Diego? I grew up in San Diego. Me too. Get out of here. Tory Pines High School. 2007. No way. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. What about you? What part of San Diego? I'm 29. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, you're 10 years younger than me. Nice. Wow. Well, we look the same age. Yeah, we're very. I look like shit. I look like. I look like. I look great. You do. I'm very. <laughs> you're very good looking. You look like a man who's Holding been in a, up. in a relationship for seven years. <laughs> That's bad. That's yeah. so great, though. Um. Yeah. 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 San. Oh, yeah. I went home to San Diego to work at a fucking old age home, and uh, for money, for you, money. Like you were in no, L- no, yeah, you were in free. LA going for the dream. No, I was living in New York. I was living in New York. In, I was dating a girl in New York. And were we you were doing comedy. At this no, point? no, no, okay. no, no, no. I was like in acting school. Okay, and, so and, you're kind of uh, going for the dream. Still. Going for the dream, and then yeah. I was like, oh, I got to go home and make money over the summer, and so I like I left. School and stayed in the relationship. Went went back to San Diego and then uh, ran into my ex girlfriend while I was there. Oh, uh, and then you and then we yeah. we started hooking up and we were in the car. We were making out and then I called her by my girlfriend's name. Your new girlfriend. The new you girlfriend. Your ex girlfriend. Your by new my girlfriend's new girlfriend's name. name. And she freaked out. Freaked the fuck out and was like, "Get out of the car!" And like, I had to get out. And then she, and then she drove off real fast. And I was like, "Oh no!" And then I had to, and then I called immediately. Called the girl in New York and was like, "Hey, I cheated on you. I made out with my ex girlfriend." And and she was uh, she was very upset. Did she, she break up with you? Um. No, because it turned out she had been cheating on me the oh. whole time I was gone with some other guy. But she wasn't like she didn't like made out with a guy. She had like fucked a guy like a lot. Well, let she, me ask and, you this. And like had taken the guy to like parties then with why, people I then knew. Then why was she upset? Well, she was pretending. She was pretending she to was be just upset. Like, I'm not going to be the bad guy. You're the bad guy. Yeah, she was. She made me the bad guy. Instead, she so she wasn't at all like, oh, you have. Well, guess what? I've been fucking someone else too. No, Fuck no. You, she she cried and and like pretended like like she you was, broke her heart. Like I broke her heart, and then I got back to New York and found out that she had been dating someone the whole time I was gone. Wow. Did that make yeah. you feel better or worse? Uh, <laughs> a little bit of both. A yeah. little bit of both. Yeah, I wished I would have fucked my ex-girlfriend. You know, I wish I would have yeah, gone not through called it. her your new girlfriend. Yeah, name. not gone through my new girlfriend's name. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever cheated on a on anybody I've been with. And, and you didn't, didn't even I have didn't sex. really you have sex with I just out made with out with girl. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, that was... That was like the only time I've ever done anything. So like you that. learned from Papa's mistakes. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that he uh, that was I mean, I didn't know he had cheated on my mom until literally like a month ago. Your mom told you just so you know, she I kept this from you. She ran into someone who told her just randomly. They've been divorced or they're They've together? Been divorced. My mom and my dad have been divorced since I'm 13. So since then, she had always thought that maybe he had cheated on her, but he, he wouldn't, uh, he would, he would, wouldn't admit to it and just kept right. saying, that but he, now she found out and then she found out that she confront yeah. him about it. You're there. Or did no, she just, no, they don't talk. no. Cause they haven't spoken in a long time, but you already didn't like him before this information. Yeah. No, I haven't spoken to him in, uh, about four years, four? four years. Yeah, what happened four years, the four yeah. years ago? Um, well, four. Okay. So, uh, uh, okay. So here's, uh, this is, this is the story. You ready for the story? Yeah. All right, this is the story. Uh, so, story. so, okay. So when I was like, uh, like 13, 14, like right after they got divorced, uh, he moved away 
move, he moved to New York City and we okay. were still living in San Diego. And then after a pretty quick period of time, he was like, hey, hey, I can't afford child support. And I can't pay alimony because it's too expensive living in New York. Right. And I'm reestablishing myself. And what was he pursuing in New York? Um, like he was like a like a business guy who did like wrote uh, marketing Okay. campaigns and things like okay. that. So he was like, oh, I got to reestablish my whole career in New York. It's too expensive. I can't pay for any, you know, any stuff. Right. So, the, you know, she was like, all right. Uh, you know, so she had to like find, find a job and figure things out. And, mm-hmm. and she, you know, we, I was in the seventh Was she grade. actually like, all right. Or was she like, well, no, that's no, unacceptable. No, no. Was, and he's like, deal with it. Yeah. It was yeah. more like deal with it, okay. you know, kind of yeah. situation. Cause she, you know, she, then she had to figure out how to fuck to make it work. Right. You know? So she's single like, mom. yeah, single mom struggling, trying to pay for uh, you know, a 13 year old and a nine year old, mm-hmm. you know? So she's doing all this stuff. Right. And then the, uh, and then he, um, you know, we, we, we kind of stayed out of touch with him for a while. And then at some point, uh, we were like, you know what? Like he needs to pay for some stuff. Cause you know, other at least serious get me a stuff. birthday present. Yeah. Like, well, serious stuff was starting to come up and we needed to be able to yeah, count on money. him in some way, yeah. you know, and it had been like a year. Yeah. So she was like, all right, let's go to New York. So we went to New York as a family. Yeah. And then we, you know, there's and are no, your parents divorced at this point? At this point they're divorced. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So they're like, well, let's go, let's go find him. You know, and so they had his address of his like one bedroom apartment that he was living in in New York City. Yeah. And so we like went through New York City and this is like before GPS and, all, right. and phones and shit. So you right. just have, you know, you have like a map, right. you know, so you're like walking New York City with a map looking for yeah. this address. And we finally found the address and he was living on the 23rd floor of the Golden Trump Tower in Columbus Circle. He had the floor below Steven Spielberg. So he was killing it. He was killing it. He was worth millions of dollars. And he had been pretending to be a broke, to be guy. broke living in a, so that a he shitty didn't apartment. Pay child support. Yeah. And so then she so had to go to court and like get him to like, you know, then they had to do a thing. They do this thing where they like look through your finance. They have to like bring in a forensic uh, attorney to like go and look through all your uh, money and stuff right. so that he would start paying his shit. So Throughout my life, he's done this. Uh, he did it again. He pulled the same thing again. He goes, I'm broke now. He goes, last, broke, time uh, I was, last time I know I wasn't broke. Yeah, this last time, time I said I wasn't broke. broke. Yeah, and then he goes, I'm broke again. Right. And so he did that uh, when I was like 22, somewhere in well, there. Well, at that point, you got to take care of yourself. Well, yeah. No, no. It wasn't yeah. for child support. It was just alimony. Like, oh, same, same kind yeah. of yeah. thing. Mom. And then we found out that he had like a 14 bedroom house in Texas that he was living in. That's And he was making, you know, a bunch of money. So it was like, same kind of thing. And they had to do the same so thing bizarre. again. The same kind of bullshit. Right. And then a couple of years ago, about seven years ago, he had a stroke out, out here, like while living, uh, you know, out here. And, and and like everyone came to his aid and my mom even came and everyone was like trying to be supportive. I was there for him. Everyone was there for him. And then he was like, oh, I can't pay for a child for I can't pay for alimony. Uh, I have a stroke now. And then everyone was like, it's OK. And so I paid his alimony while he was like, uh, like laid up. Like I took care of my mom so that, uh-huh. you know, because he couldn't. And then uh, and then he was like, oh, now now I'm so now I'm really broke. Now I really don't have any money. I can't pay for anything. And he kept doing this for like a good year and then a year or two and then i ran into i I ran into him and he had a brand new car and i was like i was like this is a fucking really nice car and he was like oh yeah it's a friend's car and i was like this doesn't look like a friend's car and then uh and then my mom talked to some people and they were like maybe he's doing this weird thing again let's see if he's trying to do it again maybe yeah for the third or for the third time in 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 like our lifetime so we looked it up and uh and he had he had been doing stuff like going like i can't pay for the movie tickets for the movie theater tonight can you buy movie tickets steven and i know pay you back like like shit like that you know is he a con artist kind of a little bit a little bit so long story long story short uh he had ended up it was like june of that year and he had already made over a million dollars and was full of shit was like completely full of shit so i had to get an attorney i like you had to sue your own dad we had to bring i had to get a guy to serve papers to my dad and like set him up that's uncomfortable it was bad so yeah i have not had any contact with him since then okay so i want you to know based on these stories yeah i'm on your side well thanks i appreciate that yeah uh your dad sounds like a bad guy he's a bad guy but but 
But but my mom's a great lady. And your mom's a great lady. But like this is what maybe did you do something to him when you were a kid? <laughs> like I just want what's his perspective? What's his uh, side? Well, of it? I used to wake him up in the middle in the middle of the night with like a knife on his throat. See, so maybe it all comes full circle. Oh, there we go. And it all makes sense. So do you see yourself ever talking to your dad again? I don't think so. I think I'm kind of done there i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna be 40 in march you know like, like okay i'm, I'm kind of done what if you found out not even from your dad right that he was in the hospital and he's sick he suffered another stroke I whatever would kinda, you would you visit him would I you don't call think so. him well he i don't know first of all i don't know where he lives anymore like i i, I i've had zero like no i have no contact so i don't know where he lives or where right. he's at and his family can't contact me because i've blocked all of them across all you them. don't like them either no no they're the, all so it runs kinda, in the family they're all kind of garbagey people for the most part wow you know so i mean like my mom's whole family like everyone on my mom's side of the family they're fucking wonderful people right great cousins great family but i didn't really ever know anyone on his side of the family they right. always were kind of on Kept the outs and then yeah for the most part of what i do Unless know they they're all kind money. of yeah 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 and they'll they would do stuff like hit me up and go like hey my kid wants to get an agent can you hook them up and i'd go who the fuck is this you know and it'd be like some uncle i haven't spoken to in in like 20 years so yeah for the most part i just done you know which is like sounds think, like you deserve that i think it's okay to be that, done I at some say. point like at yeah. some point i think you gotta yeah, be when like, is when uh, yeah when do you just have to say i give up i give you three chances yeah, that's a three l- chances. It's a lot of chances. Three you, strikes, you're out. Yeah, and you kind of go like, eh. It's also safer for my life to. It's you a know. shame that it sounds like each thing was over money. You know? Yeah. It's like just yeah, money. It's just huh? money. Money. Money drives. Bring. Drive, I've broken up with a girl over money before. Really? Yeah. She. I. Uh, I mean, I've I've I dated a girl. Uh, <laughs> this. I dated this girl and I kept breaking up with her and getting back together with her. And, uh, and a friend of mine finally was like, what, like, why does this, what's the deal with this girl and you? Like, I don't understand Uh why you guys are so, you know? And I was like, well, I was like, Oh, you know, she's really great and hot and we have great time together and all this stuff. I go, uh, there is one weird thing. Uh, every, every time we, uh, have sex, I break out in hives. And he was like, real? yeah. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I go, oh, almost every time we get together, I end up like whether we have sex or we're just hanging out, like I end up breaking on hives like all my over goodness. my arms and my face and shit. And he was like, uh, I think that's your body telling you to not be around this girl, that she's a bad person to date. What? And what was caused? Did you ever find out what caused that? It, I think I think it was her. Like she had like a, some sort of lotion or perfume that was causing me to break out in hives. Wow. But. I've only that's the only time that's ever happened in my life. Well, you got a sign from God not to date a yeah, woman. Yeah, like literally like like red welts yeah. showing up on my fucking face, yeah. on my face and shit. Where the Lord himself spoke to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, I can't I should probably not be with this girl. So you know? so when you so broke we, up with her, was she like, "Why are you doing this?" And you were like, "Well, you literally <laughs> break me out in hives." I was like, "Look at me!" Yeah, yeah. I, I physically can't be around. You. I can't be around you. You're or a I nightmare. Break out in hives. <laughs> that might just be a Jewish thing. You know? <laughs> are, you, are you Jewish? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. yeah My name's well, Ari. Yeah, Ari. Yeah. Since I moved to LA seven years ago, I have not done anything Jewish. Really. No, I haven't, but I have gone to the Church of Scientology maybe 10 to 12 times. No, you have not. Really? Yeah, me and my friend Abby, we just go inside the church and just walk around and and roam around. And I got the vice president of the Church of Scientology on Franklin to come to my show at the Improv. No way. What did he say after he saw you So he thought he... I met him and he goes, oh, you're a comedian. He goes, we have a lot of celebrities in Scientology. They're trying to recruit me. Right. Know? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was just telling them what they wanted to hear. I was like, very interested. I, I just, I'm, I, w- I was not, not of actually joining, yeah. but it fascinates me. Sure. Scientology. So I was just, I was trying to get through it you know, I was trying yeah. to f- climb up as high as I can go without spending money. Totally. So he's like, I want to come see you. And he came and saw me and the night he saw me. I was hosting Comedy Juice when Comedy Juice was like the shit. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. was like Dane Cook, John Rudnitsky, uh, David Teldrop. There was all these famous people. It was just all it was stacked in me. 
Wow. And he was probably rock hard that he was yeah. thought he was recruiting me <laughs> and I was on the show and it was awesome. He's like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a big fish. I tonight. still get mail from them. Oh yeah. And I, most people are like, Oh, that sucks. Now you're on their list. No, I love it. Yeah, I you love getting voicemails and magazines from the church of Scientology. That's so funny. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, they, they made some good movies, you know, <laughs> did, did they? Yeah, sure. The what movies, the one he made that movie, uh, Battlefield Earth, right? Like, no, Battle know. Battlefield it, Earth. It was like a real feature. Yeah, with John Travolta. With and the, it was good? When he had the dreadlocks. No, it's a terrible movie, oh. but it's a good, bad movie. Yeah, yeah. You should watch that but movie. But it was a real theatrical release yeah. produced by Scientology. Battlefield Earth was produced, was was uh, was made by uh, L. Ron Hubbard. I, Ooh, uh, I hang on, I got to double I'm check I'm definitely going to go watch that. Should I double check it? Uh, well, oh, if we say it, it's facts. No, um, I ended up so I don't know if you know Abby Robert. She's a friend of mine. Connor, yeah, I know her. And uh, it's a it's a man. So you don't. You I don't, don't know. Uh, no, I thought I know her. <laughs> I don't know. her. Uh, oh, no, Abby. Yes, I know uh, Abby. Blonde hair. Yes. Yeah. It looks like a villain in an yes. 80s movie. Okay. You do know. Yeah, okay. I know Abby. Yeah. So he he talked about us going to the Church of Scientology on their you on stage. He did a joke about it. Yeah. And Laugh Factory put it on their YouTube. Oh, shit. And it, of course, got over a million views, went right. nuts. And then we went back to the church for fun, like we do. And they kicked us out immediately. <gasps> really? Yeah. So we saw you on YouTube. You have to leave. Really? Yeah. That was the conclusion to my Scientology adventures. Wow. So I'm no longer wanted there. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. I'll find, uh, maybe I'll find a rabbi. Sometimes it's worth a bit, you know? <laughs> it's worth a good I, bit. I'm still... Every science, there's a few documentaries that I love to watch. Every Scientology documentary that comes out, the thing about Scientology I watch, I'm fascinated by yeah. everything about World War II and everything about North Korea. Those three topics, I'm just so engaged. Cults and yeah, evil people mm-hmm. are just so interesting to me. Oh, I get that. I'm like, what? How did you do this? So where? How did you get started in stand up? Where did you come from in the stand up world? Oh, I did it a couple times in college at UC Santa Cruz, and yeah. I did well. And in my head, I was 20 years old, and I did well a couple times. I'm like, well, I'm great at this, right? And right. I didn't know. I didn't even know. You know, how a lot of people are like start in a small city, then move to LA when you're ready. I didn't. I I wasn't. I was falsely confident, but I also didn't know you were kind of supposed to do that. Yeah, I was like, oh, if you want to be a comedian, you go to Los Angeles or New York. Right, That's right. What you do. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So I just moved right to LA after doing comedy, you know, whatever, a handful of times. Yeah. And just started doing it. That's cool. And um, here doing it. Got a job uh, as a door guy. Where, did, where were you a the, door guy? At the comedy store. Doing, oh, yeah. Doing that. I was a door guy there too. You were? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For how long? A uh, year, one year. I was the I was a door guy and I worked in the phone. Uh, I was a phone operator. How long ago was this? 2006 so did you did you know the shores and all that like we did you did you know Um, mitzi did you know polly well i knew i mean mitzi was at my showcase where i got passed okay and uh it was me and owen smith were the guys that got passed on that show which is crazy i did not know that you were doing at the comedy store that's cool yeah yeah no no when i worked at when i worked at the club it was tommy was you know the booker and dean gelber was the manager right and um Dean found me. I was working at the Friars Club in Beverly Hills uh-huh. as the MC and the piano player over there. Oh, that's and cool. so then he was like, Hey, you, you want to come, come over? Yeah, yeah. He was like, Why don't you come over and play piano at our club? And then I was like, Oh, okay. And he was like, Yeah, you can do like one day a week. And I was like, Well, I need like a job. Yeah. And he was like, All right, yeah, well, you, can, you can work here if you want to. And so then he gave me a job working as a as a door guy and uh, working in the phones. Wait, so did you ever play piano at the store? Like Jeff oh, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do job? when Jeff wasn't available. Like I would, you I would, would do play, that. I would play instead. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And it, it like, it got me, you know, it kind of like, I really, really appreciated the, the store. Like everybody that I worked with at, at the time, I worked at like a, I was in a weird period because it was where I, I like Tony Hinchcliffe was the last door guy hired before I left. 
So, so you and Tony were doing guys at the same time. Literally Ooh. for maybe like two weeks, two three weeks. weeks. Yeah, maybe. And then you quit and he was the new guy. He was the new guy. Yeah. 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 So I was just prior to him and everyone that was working just prior to him was um, it was a lot of people that like, I don't want to classify everybody in the same way, but it was it's like classes, though. It's yeah, classes. but my class that I was in was kind of a garbagey class, <laughs> except except yeah, for a those. few people. Right. Like Sean Halpin yeah. was in that class. Uh-huh. and He was a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Pidd was in that class, uh-huh. but he didn't really give a shit about stand up. You yeah. Know? Not not as much, at least. Like, I really like Jimmy Pidd, but he just wasn't he wasn't doing the same thing that everybody else everyone right. else was like the the comics that i knew that were like trying really hard to like make shit happen i feel bad saying that about jimmy Pitt, but i, I don't know I, him. i've heard of him but he doesn't know. live here anymore he yeah. lives back in chicago and he was a nice guy but there was like mac Lindsay, who was like literally just a fucking just a, another guy who was yeah. like drunk most of the there. time. There's yeah. PJ Stansberry who was <laughs> yeah, a real piece him. of shit, you know, <laughs> yeah. like throw cigarettes at people on stage during their act. And like, it was a lot of people like that with this kind of like right. attitude of like, ah, I've been around forever. It fucking doesn't matter. I've right. worked here for 10, in, 15, This was in years. the lull of the comedy store. This it was a comedy lull. store. It was, was dead. Yeah. And you know, the best comics weren't performing at the comedy store. In this, no, in this not at all. Yeah. It was Carlos Mencia was on stage every night of the week. Yeah. And, you know, the big like a big comic on the lineup I remember showing up was, um, um, you know, fucking maybe maybe Sarah Silverman would show up once, once in a while. In a while. Right. But the improv at that point was, was the like hot the hot club. Like we'd go over to the improv and it'd be like Jim Gaffigan, David Tell, Jeff Ross, you know, Joe Rogan uh, before Joe Rogan was Joe Rogan. I mean, he was great. He was already yeah. a big deal, but he wasn't the, the, the he wasn't the most famous podcast right. person in the world with yeah. like the biggest fucking right. following he ever. Sell out the world. Yeah, he couldn't sell out the the fucking uh, and make millions. But he's a, on he the was podcast. an amazing. I mean, he yeah, was an amazing comic, comic then too. Right, just uh, just, just not recognized yeah. as as big. A deal. It's you funny know, how all he was that right switches. off of Fear Factor at that yeah. point. When I moved to LA, the Laugh Factory was a top club. It's just sure. it all it all switches it's all up. switches so around. Yeah, because during the during there was a time during the Laugh Factory where Dane Cook was yeah it, he was the biggest comic like ever ever yeah yeah and he was and that was his home club so there was so lines wrapped popping. around the block yeah fuck yeah of course well. it's also interesting just like there's this lineage at the comic store of Dora guys but because I I'm newer yeah I just didn't even know you worked there. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I, 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 I really liked working there, yeah. and it was, uh, it was a really. I took it as a, as a, like I'm a big historical guy, so I was mm-hmm. all about like, I wanted to know about the first, you know, the first paid regulars. Like I wanted to learn everything I possibly could, and I actually went to a video store that was going out of business, and uh, and and I, I bought all 50 VHS tapes of all the stand-up specials that they had when they were growing out of business. I got like Dice's first special wow. and uh, Richard Jenny's first special on these guys. And I brought all those into the office and kind of made it like a viewing room where you could right. sit and watch old specials to yeah. learn from some of these yeah, people. Yeah. The video room. Yeah. Uh, well, it was, uh, it was just, up, just the, 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 it was the office upstairs. Like I, it, it was before the video room okay, was yeah. a room that now is a yeah. bar. Uh, but back then it was just like, you know, trying to like get good and, and learn and, and get up as much as you could, you know, you could and, and getting to watch guys like Duncan Trussell on stage, do like fun, weird experimental stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it was a fascinating, dark, fucked up place at that time. And, uh, and then, uh, two big significant things that happened to me when I worked there. Uh, first thing that happened was, um, a guy, uh, I, well, Joe Rogan was performing one night on stage. So three things, Joe Rogan was performing one, st- one night on stage, a guy in the audience, tried to throw a glass of something at Rogan. And then me and Dean Gilbert choked a guy that, that, that guy out and dragged him out of the club by his neck. Uh huh. And that was, I remember that being a very intense moment yeah, while I worked there. Very intense. Um, this is before now they have security guards there, but at this time you were. I was security. security. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was no, now there's guys with guard cards that are 
200, 300 pounds that yeah, worked there. That that's their job. We didn't have that. Yeah, yeah, didn't have back it. then. It was it was just me and Jimmy Pitt trying right. to trying to stop crimes. Right. Uh, and then there was um, there's a story where I, I I went out with this girl, and um, and she was a blonde, very pretty blonde girl, and I I, I like her. She came yeah she came over to visit me in the uh, in the office, and she walked up to Mitzi. Mitzi was downstairs in the in the downstairs office, and she walked up and said, "Excuse me, do you know where Stephen Glickman is?" And she went, "I don't know. Get out of here. You're not supposed to be here." And so this girl turned around and just walked out. And Tommy, the booker, came running upstairs and he was like, uh, Mitzi wants to fire you. She just she hates blonde women and <laughs> she's always hated blonde women. And this blonde girl just came in looking for you. And she told me to come up here and fire you. And I, oh I, I told her I told her not to and that you're great and just to let it go. And but if you ever fucking do this again, he started yelling at me. He was like, ever do this again. I'm going to we'll fucking throw you out on the street and all this other kind of shit. And so I was I remember that being like a really bad day because I was like, oh, shit, like this you know i almost lost my job at the comedy store i didn't even get to showcase mitzi already hates me yeah but then you know she forgot and she didn't fucking remember right she she couldn't have cared less yeah in the end but it was like you know like it was kind of it was a fucking intense heavy place to work i've been there and then and then the other ups and downs for sure we have the the one the the two that are like the big ones is uh when michael richards had the incident happen at the laugh factory Uh um mitzi called me and told me to call him and tell him he was banned and couldn't come to the club anymore. So you called him. Told so him I that? called Michael Richards and said, uh, Michael, you can't perform here. Mitzi said that you need to take some time off. And, and how, what did he react? What was he, went, he went, he went, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. That was it. It was like real soft and sad and wow. i was like oh my god and it was my first time ever talking to michael richards and i was such a huge seinfeld fan but that was yeah. such a fucked up thing that happened you know so that was like number the number that was a weird thing but the number one craziest thing that happened to me when i worked in the comedy store hands down number one wait, wait with a bullet wait, wait, before you say this sure have you ever spoken with michael richards since never <laughs> never I, I mean, now I'd love to have some sort of interaction. I'd love to talk to him about, yeah. about it, but yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Now um, the, the final final, the big one with the bullet is, um, there was an incident that happened where it was kind of a famous incident where Carlos Mencia had stolen a lot of people's material. Yes. Joe Rogan approached him with red yes. band. They filmed it. Yes. Well, uh, at the time, Carlos Mencia was the big star yeah. at the store. And so um, Mitzi called me and was like, Steven, you have to call Rogan. Tell him that he can't come in and perform during the week, uh, during the weekends, only during the week. And I was like, OK, all right, I'll, I'll let him know. And she was like, yeah, I can't do that stuff. And I was like, all right. So I called Rogan and I go, hey, it's Stephen Glickman from the comedy store. Hey, I hate to I hate to tell you this, but Mitzi just called and said, you, you can't perform on the weekends. You can only perform on the during the week just to, until this thing cools off. And he was like, all right, fine. You know, whatever. I guess that's fair. Right. About 10 minutes later. Paulie called me and goes, Hey bro, it's Paulie. Hey, you got to call Rogan. Tell him he's banned for life. He can't perform here anymore. Banned from the store. Oh and my I was like, God. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And I go, no, no, Mitzi already said he, he can, he can perform on the, during the week. And he was like, no, bro, you got to call him. Got, got to find, you got to tell him he's banned for life. So I fucking called Rogan back and I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry to tell you this. But you are no longer allowed to perform at the store. Polly just called and said you're banned for life from the club. For life. For life. Oh, my gosh. So then Rogan said, I, I'm so sorry that this is going to happen to you. You seem nice. And then he hung up. And then he took the phone number for the store and put it on his website and said, I just got banned because of this video. Call them and complain. And so every day. A thousand times a day, my the phone ring. I go comedy store, and it'd just be some guy going, "Fuck you, dickhead!" And then he would hang up, answer the phone, comedy store, and they'd go, "Fuck you, you piece of shit!" Just one after another, just Rogan fans calling and screaming at me on the phone the rest of the day. Gosh, so 
That is some good history. I That's did some not history. know any of that happened. And it all changed around. Look at how it is now. I mean, Joe Rogan is the guy at the comedy Let store. And this. he performs with Paulie all the time. And they're friends. It just, yeah. it just, life is fucking weird. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you and Rogan, uh, does Rogan remember you as the messenger? Uh, are you cool with him? We're okay. It, it, uh, we're okay. We're not, we're not. I'm not trying to start a drama. I'm no, just curious. No, no. I'm cool? a huge Joe Rogan fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, I think... Like, does he... Re- does, let me just start there. Does he remember that you're the guy that called him? He... I don't I don't. Like, if you saw so. him, would he go, that's the guy that told me I was banned? I don't think so, but I think that there is some sort of energy there that's not excellent. Right. Maybe just because of it. Just old comedy store. Just old just old energy that's not yeah. great i don't i don't know i mean like um we we've had a couple awkward interactions i've i'm also kind of an idiot and i say things that are kind of stupid like we were i was standing near him one night and uh and uh, I, I don't know a lot of uh, stuff about ufc because i'm not a fighter person right. I don't, i'm not you know i'm a yeah ca- canadian canadian jew so i you know i don't know a lot wait, about wait, things I like that you're from san diego yeah i grew up in san diego but i am canadian oh I'm yeah, a canadian yeah. So we uh, we had a, a moment once where we were hanging out outside the store and we were talking and him and me and a couple other guys. And and I he said something about Ronda Rousey. And I said, oh, cool. I go, you know, Ronda Rousey. That's awesome. And he goes, yeah, of course I know Ronda Rousey. You know, I'm the UFC I'm the announcer for, yeah, for UFC. And I went, uh, oh, I just didn't know if they had a different person for that. And he goes, different person for what? And I go, because she's a lady. I thought maybe they'd have like a different announcer for the ladies. Yeah. And he went, what the fuck are you talking about? And that is the last thing he's ever said to me. And that was almost two years ago. So (laughs) I kind of fucked it up. I kind of fucked up a little bit. No, you just, you're not a UFC fan. Shit, you're not man. a UFC fan. Look, if, that's you know, a, that's an honest question. I know a lot of stuff. The stuff that Sorry, I know, I don't know. I about just UFC. didn't know anything yeah. about it, and, and then I ended up looking like an idiot. You know. Well, I but think I love the guy. guy. I think he's a very talented guy. Well, thanks. I appreciate. You um, before that. we get out of here, sure. Uh, this is the point of the show where we give some of these callers some advice. Okay. Um. So this is unlicensed therapy. I just gave you your therapy, but not really. But you it know what I mean? It's very good therapy. Yeah. So now we're going to listen to a couple of callers and you can give them some advice. Hi, I'm contacting you because um, I'm having a lot of trouble with my daughter. She just started middle school and uh, she's become incredibly angry and rude and disrespectful Whoa. and lazy. Um, and I try to talk to her, Sounds but like she women. just won't open up to me. And, um, you know, she won't do anything to help. As I said, I'm a single mom and it's a lot. I've got two children and it's all on my shoulders. So she's the oldest one and she's just so nasty. And I find myself becoming very, very resentful toward her and I really want to try to save our relationship because I certainly didn't become a mother to end up almost disliking my child. Whoa, so I don't know if you can intense. help me, but I'm looking for some advice, any advice oh my God. that would help. Thank you. That's a tough one, huh? I'll, I'll let you go first. Well, you know, if you have a, if your daughter is a, uh, become an asshole, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think our kids are kind of in a lot of ways like a, a reflect. Kids are a lot of times a reflection of the parents, right? In a lot of ways. So if your if your kid is suddenly gotten real bad, there's got to be something else going on. You know, there's got to be some sort of like. Oh, I thought you were saying if your kid's bad, it's because you're bad. No, yeah, yeah. It's probably because <laughs> well, it's maybe it they're take they're getting it from the parent. You know. Uh, or yeah, she didn't talk about the dad at all. Yeah, like maybe it's What's a the dad it's a, relationship. In, there? Maybe yeah, maybe there's a bad relationship with the father. Maybe the Are you maybe a there's mom. Yeah, here's what I think about that. Ari will make love to you. Um, uh, yeah, mom or yeah, the mom. She sounded hot. Sound hot accent. Hot. Yeah, yeah. She, like a hot mom. she, your daughter, you said was in middle school. She's going through puberty. Right. She's has a lot of emotions. She's starting to look at boys. She's 
Who knows what her friend group is? Is she, does she have acne? She's going through a lot. This is a crazy time. Yeah. Take a step back, leave her alone. She'll figure it out. Make sure, you know, as long as she's not on drugs, as long as she's not hurting herself. Yeah. Let her do her thing. And then she's going to come back to you. She's, you're her mom. She's your daughter. That bond is there for life. As long as you don't, as long as you feed her and make sure she's not on drugs, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And I think be as supportive as you can and, and all, and, but also give her the space that she needs. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Give her space. Make sure she uses condoms and you're good. Yeah. That's it. Take it. You said, and you're talking about like, I don't want to despise my daughter. Yeah, you need you need to give yourself a break from her. Yeah, sometimes parents need a break. Not only from does their she kids. need a break from you, you sounds like you need a break from her. There's nothing wrong with hating your kids. I hate my mom. It happens. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll all work out. Stephen hates his dad. There we go. Do you yeah. really hate your mom? We don't get along. Maybe hates the strong. What? Way. Yeah. Why don't you? Why? What's the matter with your mom? Mm, we're just butt heads over everything. Really? She annoys me. She lies. Just like. Disagree Aww. with her point of view on the world. Yeah. But it's all good. Not big, everyone's meant to get along. Big Trump supporter? She says she isn't, but I think she secretly is a Trump supporter. Uh, that She's one of those. I think she's embarrassed to tell people that she likes Trump, but I think she likes Trump. That, yeah, it can be hard. You know, but that does, I'm not a big... I'm not into politics. If someone's into Trump... That's not going to some. There's a lot of people in L.A. If they find out that you like Trump, they will not talk to you. You are yeah. no longer could ever be friends with that person. Sure. For the sole reason that you like Trump. I if someone likes Trump, that's their, their thing. I don't care. I'm not judging someone for liking Trump. I'm not allowed to be political because I'm Canadian. So that's right. My, you have no opinion. I, I don't have my opinion. Uh, supposedly doesn't matter. Right. What I, doesn't matter. I'm constantly told my opinion doesn't matter. So it's OK. But yeah, so it's, it's for me, as far as politics goes, I'm, I don't like Trump, but if someone else does, I don't judge them for it. Sure. I, oh, well, I found that, Trump's, that Trump supporters have better senses of humor than uh, the people who hate Trump personally. I have this anti-Trump joke that Trump supporters will laugh at. Sure. And well, because they know that he's, they know he's funny. Yeah. You so, know, they know they they get they they get to laugh because I would rather perform for a room full of Trump supporters than a room full of LA liberals personally. Really? Yeah, I'm not saying that's where my political beliefs stand, sure. but I'm saying if as a comedian, I would rather perform for a room of Trump supporters. I think they could take things better and they're just they don't get offended. It's a Nearly it's an interesting easily. it's an interesting thing to say. Yeah. Huh. Because I say some edgy things. Sure, I like people saying get, naughty boy things. People, people get, people get very. I, I did a, a stand up show at a place that was a very millennial, young millennial place, and they got very upset with a lot of the yeah. things I was saying. Oh and, yeah, and 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 were trying to correct me on right. while I was like, it was like heckling, but where they're going like the way you feel is wrong, actually, like stuff like that. Right. And you're like. The fuck are you yeah, doing? Yeah, when you have a room full of young people who have been through uh, less in the world than you are looking at you like you're like an old bigot, I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck you. Fuck. You don't know shit. I'm not no. a bigot. I'm making a joke. Relax. I made a joke that I got in some trouble for online uh, from a bunch of young people. And I've realized when it comes to jokes and stand up, I don't tell them on the internet. Like I won't tell them on social media. I don't post right. material on social media anymore. I was doing it for a while, but it, it, it backfires a lot. Yeah, Cause people, some people get offended. Yeah. People can't hear your intention. People can take, take it and, and put their own spin on the way they feel about it. As opposed to material. When you hear someone say something, but I said, I said something about how it's also uh, it's hard to stand against something when you heard the whole room laugh at it. Yeah. You're going to be like, well, I guess it was fun. People thought it was funny. So. Exactly. But if you just hear it in the vacuum of Twitter, you know, mm -hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, my God, I, I, I tweeted uh, uh, every time a every time a, a, a DJ dies, 
people say, uh, oh, my God. Oh, he. Oh, it's so sad. That's so sad. Oh, every time DJ dies of an overdose. People are like, oh, my God, that's so sad. That's so sad. And uh, and then I said, uh, that's uh, sorry to break it to you, folks. That's how DJs die. (laughs) You know what DJs don't die from? Parkinson's (laughs) Parkinson's <laughs> like there's no DJ who's died from old so, age. So did the people who get upset say you were making fun of they, death or were they just saying you're insensitive? Like, being, I, they said you were being, I, I was being insensitive, insensitive about their favorite DJs that had died of drug overdoses. <laughs> that, it's the same thing when the guy, not what I thought. I thought you're going to be like, well, I made some joke about women or something. You're like, no DJ is dying. That's yeah, the tweet was, that killed same it thing, for me. Same thing with the, with the guy. Remember the guy with the full body skeleton tattoo? When that guy died, there's a guy with like a face tattoo okay. of a skeleton. I don't know that guy, but how did he die? He, w- he killed himself. Okay. And and everybody <laughs> on Twitter was like, yeah, everyone was like, everyone was like, if only there was a warning sign. And I was like, he's the warning sign. <laughs> like, that's If you see a man walking down the street with a full body skeleton tattoo, you will live longer than that man. Like there's <laughs> no way you're going to grow got mad at that one too. People got very upset because oh, they were man. like, Oh, you're so insensitive. He killed himself. And I was like, I don't, I don't care. And this is my own personal thing too. When people say, Oh my God, this person killed himself. 99% of the people that kill themselves that I hear about, I don't care that they kill themselves. <laughs> it's the people that I that I knew that I know that kill themselves. If someone I know kills themselves, then that's what you, I mean, then and I it's true. It's like pre-internet. We wouldn't find out when everyone killed themselves. No. If I don't know you and you die, I don't care because I don't know about it. No. But now it's I like don't you have hear to about care. every random person in Kentucky and all over the country because people are posting Kickstarters and and Facebook memorials and all these things. So you hear about all these people. Yeah. But it's like you're not in my world. No, if I'm, an sorry. Adult, look, I'm sorry it, for your friends and family. When young people, if a young person kills himself, I feel bad for them. I always feel bad. But if an older, if a, if, if a man in like his 30s or 40s or a woman in their 30s or 40s is addicted to drugs and kills himself doing drugs and they're like some singer or something, I, just, I don't give a fuck at all. Like, I just don't. I can't pretend to care. There's only enough care. You can't care about every single thing in the world no. or you're going to be caring every second of your life. You're going to be gonna walking around. Life. Ble- your heart's going to be on yeah. fire. You can't. You just can't. No. Fuck Sorry, you, but you can't. No, you can't. Um, yeah, I got There's a someone, limit. Someone got a. F- and the thing is, it's like, I'm sure when you made these tweets, overall people liked them, but you get a couple people who don't like them. <laughs> but because we're sensitive, soft artists, that right. really gets to us is those couple of people yeah. that don't like it. Absolutely. And I get that because. Um, I posted a picture of a porn star wearing my merch, my shirt. And so it was like, she wore my shirt and then her vagina was out. Yeah. I thought it was like a funny picture. And by the way, she willingly, I didn't forcefully make this porn star model my shirt. That's amazing. She thought it was fun and she got paid and she was excited to do it. Great. So I posted the picture and I put my face over her vagina to block it out, and I post on my Facebook. I said, "Come get my new merch." Is <laughs> a funny little ad, right? Yeah. And over, I got hundreds of likes, which you know is a lot for me, and people liked it. Yeah, it's great. And then, of course, I got a couple girls who messaged me. This is chauvinistic and sexist, and you're taking advantage of women and sex and blah blah blah. And freaked out, and then oh my God, you, it just happened. People get people are looking to get offended, and they'll get offended. Yeah, on my uh, uh, for we we ran an ad for my podcast uh, for like a little while ago. We did mm-hmm. like a big summer bash thing where we had like a summer beach, like a summer pool party, and we invited all these um comedian like a bunch of comedians and and then a couple strippers and a couple other people we all came over and um we only the only person in the pool with all these women there's like a ton of women in the pool in their bikinis jumping around swimming and and drinking there was only one guy in the pool and it was my friend robbie who is a gay man uh he's 23 and he weighs about 400 pounds we just had him floating in the middle (laughs) of all these women swimming around him and it's and it's a very funny commercial just right. being like, come to the party. We're yeah. missing you at the party. Here's yeah. our podcast. Come listen to it. Right. And um, while we were, while we were filming it and it was, it was 
offensive. Oh, and then we kept having the women throw uh, birthday cakes at Robbie in the face and him <laughs> okay. in the face with birthday cakes. And it was like offensive, but no one could place their finger on what was offensive about uh, it. Yeah, or yeah. what wasn't offensive about <laughs> it. Like everything about it was kind of fucked up and yeah. weird. And for some reason, it kind of just got a pass, which is great. Yeah, if you can't, you can't put a finger on yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, it's too fucked up. It's so weird. Why is this girl in a bikini wearing like a chicken mask and swimming underwater and a chicken mask? It didn't make any. It was just a bad dream of like beautiful women and and a, and a big fat guy. Um, but I really enjoyed That's that. That's hilarious. I love I love doing stuff like that. I did a show in my living room, uh, one of my shows where I booked all black women and me. And so the flyer was a picture of me surrounded by all these black women. Fantastic. And, uh, and then I got a message from my friend and it said, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I, or he goes, I, he goes, I don't know how, but I know something about this is racist. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. That's very funny. Fun, yeah. That's a good, that's a good, that's a great bit. <laughs> I like that. I, I always really wanted to do a bit at the improv because, you know, we've, I've been doing this show at the improv for like three years and I've always wanted to do a bit where our show got bought by the Koreans <laughs> and just rep <laughs> replace our announcer with like a, All Koreans. A, a Korean or the Japanese, you know, like yeah. the Japanese bought our show and then you yeah. bring in Aiko Tanaka yeah, and, yeah. and um, um, you know, a bunch of, a, a bunch of other female, yeah, yeah. female and male comedians that are Japanese and replace everyone on the show with like instead of me get like a fat japanese guy right. and you know just hilarious just do that for yeah. one show yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be so much fun so funny but we just we haven't figured out a way to do it yet but i God, just do it oh i would love to Ain't and do it, to in it do it do it in japanese like do <laughs> yeah, have yeah. them everyone speak in japanese for like the first like five minutes oh my you know? god that'd be I would so love funny. that i, I think you got to commit the whole show and not the first five minutes <sighs> It'd be great. Just bomb, but Just for bomb, the greater bomb good of the For bit. the greater good, yeah. We've done a couple of those. We did we did a bit, uh one of my favorite bits of all time. We we had do you know Malice? The she's like a stripper uh that has her whole body is covered in tattoos. She has a mohawk. She's kind uh, of a famous stripper. I don't know her. If you she's very cool, very cool um kind of cult figure here okay. in town. Uh but what we did is we had Adam Ray on the show. And you know Adam Ray's best friend is is Brad Williams. Oh, right. So we were like, hey, uh, we're gonna play a quiz with you where we ask you questions and then for every answer you get right you win a point and every question you get wrong we'll do something horrible to our this fat buddy of ours <laughs> this guy robbie uh does that sound fine and he was like yeah i guess so and so then we bring we go we have him live via satellite and so we had we had scripted it all out and shot it already right but we put it on screen and it's robbie and he's in his nothing but his underwear and he's tied to a chair and malice is dressed as a dominatrix and she comes out and she has like a table leg <laughs> and she's like hi adam and then we're like okay adam what is uh where did brad williams grow up and he's like <laughs> uh uh torrance and it's like incorrect and then she hits him with a table like and it oh cracks it like breaks on him and we did this we did <laughs> where we ended up hitting him in the head with a cinder block and it was all breakaway stuff right but holy shit is it it was so funny it was just like if we ever get to do it on tv it oh would be the greatest it'd be the greatest fucking bit ever you gotta film that oh like we we shot it but it was like you know it it's, yeah it's it not doesn't, the way you want it doesn't not never yeah. the way you want it for tv but, right um but yeah but if uh, uh if i don't know if i can uh, tell your audience but if you guys when does the show air when do you put this out Probably in the next two weeks. Yeah, okay. if you want to, if you want to plug anything. Well, my show uh, is November seventeenth at the Hollywood Improv, the okay. night, the nighttime show, and uh, and then it's December fifteenth. So okay. uh, we do it every month. The November seventeenth show is Michael Dorn, who played Worf on Star Trek. Sweet is on the show, and so is Barry Bostwick, who played Brad on in the Rocky Horror Picture Show movie. Great. And then we'll have like a live performance from some rapper or something, which will be cool. Yeah. Check that out. That'll be fun. And then uh, in December, we're doing a children's hospital toy fundraiser, like donation wow. fundraiser thing at the club, which is our third year doing Give that. Give back to all the other people who have bad dads. <laughs> right. They, who, don't, who don't buy them toys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> some people just can't <laughs> afford to buy toys because they're living on the 23rd story right under the Trump Tower. Exactly. Yeah. So 1,000%. 
percent. Yeah, they can't get their kids' toys. And they can't. So you should get, you their, should kids get toys. their kids' toys. Yeah, so come do that. That's uh and we have um Jimmy O. Yang is gonna be on that oh, show, I love you Jimmy. know, who's great. Yeah. We're gonna talk to him about uh uh the the movies, uh Crazy Rich Crazy Asians. Crazy Rich Asians, yeah, and Silicon Valley. And then we have Drake Bell from the Drake and Josh TV show performing some Christmas songs, and it'll be uh I've had Jimmy was on this podcast. Haven't oh, had Drake. I love on. him. I love yeah. Jimmy O. Yang. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's like one of those guys who's just down for shit. It's shits. also just so crazy, like I used to run the show at Hooters on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. with him. Oh, and I he remember was part that. of that. And now he's a movie star. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone, I'm sure everyone who moves to LA has that story where they know a guy and then all of a sudden they're a star. But it was just like Hooters on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Movie star. It was just Dude, it's the pretty same. wild. You know yeah. who's who's mine for that is uh Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Because uh, I did a show with Tiffany in San Diego. I mean, she was at my house for Thanksgiving the, the year I broke my foot and there were only six people at my house for Thanksgiving. And it was her, my, my uh, late friend, John Schnepp and his, his fiance and Mike black and Matt Walker and my fat friend, Robbie, who was just running around with these rubber dicks. He brought a bunch of rubber dicks and he was throwing them at people and Tiffany Haddish. And we literally said to her, uh, what do you have coming up? Like what, what's going on for you? And she goes, Oh, I'm going to be in this movie called Keanu. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Is it like a Keanu Reeves movie? Like, what's it about? <laughs> like, we had, the, yeah, it was like, it was, it was at that pre, period. Yeah. It was like pre, pre everything. And then the other one was, uh, we booked her on, on our show. And it was at, right after Girls Trip it had like come out and it was still in the theater and like it had exploded. Right. And she, called me up i called her up and i was like oh my god this is so cool your family like your aunts and uncles and cousins everyone bought tickets to come see you uh at my show it's gonna be amazing and she was like i can't be there i just got offered like fifty thousand dollars to perform the same <laughs> night for like uh, to do like a half hour set in some random city somewhere i gotta go and do this and yeah. i was like Oh my God. Understandable. Okay, yeah. sure. And she's like, I'll tell my family to come anyways. And they came, their family came anyways. Oh, sweet. It was very nice. But, <laughs> but it was like, cause like, it, it was so like, it was like, oh my God, just watching someone yeah, hit that just level. Boom, right in front. Oof. And now she's on the side of fucking buildings. She's on every, she's in like she's, four movies. She's right already now. won an Emmy. She's already won a fucking it's insane. Emmy. Unbelievable. And you're next, Steven. You're next. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, yeah. buddy. See ya.